And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Morning. Good morning. Uh, So, not a lot of Thunder news. Let's just be honest. It's just kind of that. Disagree. Disagree. Get to the headline. Get to the headline. The headline is Gallinari has someone that does Photoshop for him, right? And you don't think that's him? <laughs> I don't think that's him. He's mm. if you've been following Danelle Gallinari's social media, you've seen lots of Gallo photoshops, but nothing like quite like this. So, so Danelle Gallinari posted a photo. Let me pull it up real quick. Because it's pretty funny. I think he could have been, he, this could have been his skill that he developed during quarantine, during lockdown. Gallo got in the lab, bought himself copy Photoshop, actually rented it. <laughs> rented it. Can you rent it? What do you mean? That's how it works now. You, you, it's subscription based. Oh, Tara, right. it's so expensive. Right. Yeah. It's like 30 bucks a month or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's insane. Uh, I'll actually, let me, let me throw it up here on the screen. I do like Gallo's Twitter, just in general, the content he puts out. So this is grade A material right here. You got him. That's with great. Nick. He's, a, <laughs> he's ascending to the heavens. <laughs> is, this his, uh, is this his announcement that he's going to become a giant? No, he's a god now. That's <laughs> what he's saying. He's, become, he's reached god-level status. Oh, so he played for the Knicks. Played for the Nuggets, played for the Clippers and the Thunder. And now he's clearly going to play for the Nets, right? Is that what the gray and black means? Oh, I didn't even know. Oh, oh wow. Sign and trade you, to the Nets. Do you think there could be some some like symbolism there? Really? I think it absolutely is symbolism. Wow. I mean, I guess it would make a lot of sense. He would he would slot in very nicely. He would on the nets. He would. Let's uh, let's pull up a fake trade to the nets real quick to make this a reality. Sign a trade to the Brooklyn. Because nets. as it is, they could not just sign him outright. Correct. But if he wants to go win a ring, which he has not done, the nets would be an option. Yep. You interested in Torian Prince? No, but I feel like that's what we're gonna get. Yep. <laughs> Too bad. Uh, how else do you get there? Uh, Crux. Rodians? Actually, give it, give, just give us Jared Allen. That would be tight. Oh, give us uh, Mikey's favorite player, Garrett Temple. Yeah, Garrett Temple. Yeah. Is that close enough? Oh, yeah. That's it. That's how you get there. And then you get their first-round pick. Okay. Right. I mean, it is true that if Gallo, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the cap yet, but the assumption is that, well, there were a ton of teams that were close to the cap last year. So there's going to be a ton of teams close to the cap this year. Mm -hmm. It's going to be difficult for him to sign with a lot of teams. So his pool is going to be relatively limited, Mm -hmm. which I think increases the chances of a sign and trade. 
Yeah. It's still, it's still hard to, to do, but we'll, I, I think it's uh, a little bit higher odds than I may have said previously. Mm-hmm. Especially if he wants to go somewhere good. I mean, what good team has cap room right now? No good teams. No good teams. And Gallo doesn't want to go. I mean, maybe he wants to go back to the Knicks. Finish his career in New York. Who's to say? If he wants to do that, it's his business. That is his business. Maybe it's but right if thing. he wants to go and attempt to win a ring, he's got options. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of teams who would like having him. And I feel like the Nets are the type of team who'd be willing to give him the, the, the kind of deal he would want. Yeah. And who else can you get for Torian Prince, Garrett Temple, and a late first-round pick? No one. Yeah. Right? You have to do it after no. the draft, obviously, to do the sign trade. But let's, I mean, I don't think it's the dumbest thing ever. That's certainly a Nets jersey. Right? And what is uh, what is their pick number? They're right in the middle. Yeah, let's go. Let's see. They are number, oh, they already traded their pick to Minnesota? Well, they have, um, they have Philly's pick. Oh, they have Philly's pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have number 19. Mm-hmm. So if you go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk, you can get The Athletic for $1 a month. Let's see where Sam Vecini has uh, them, who, who Sam Vecini has them picking. Oh, Cole Anthony! Your fave. Get him in here. Yeah. Trade SGA, because yeah. we have our guard of the future now, Cole Anthony. Oh, see, Tyrese Maxey's right behind. I would take Tyrese Maxey. I think that would be fun. Cole Anthony is... Yeah, he's going to score. He's going to shoot. I don't know if he'll score. He'll shoot. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about Gallo signing trades, but I guess it, it really is a reality. Yeah. I mean, if the Nets take take Tyrese Maxey or Cole Anthony, oh, Desmond Bain would be fun. Josh Green is very thundery. Jaden McDaniel is horrifyingly thundery. You could get one of those guys and just, just try them out to see what happens. Why not? I, I'm down with it. Yeah. I, I just, I'll, honestly, at this point, I will take anything. I just want a trade. <laughs> I just want something to happen any, in this league. Any trade. Can't, a trade can happen right now, right? No, we're not actually, waiting. It cannot. Oh, because we're still waiting on the cap. Yeah. We got to wait. <sighs> we got to wait. And then they're gonna they're gonna find out the cap, and they gotta wait a few more weeks to like do all their calculations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's gonna be so long till we get trades. We're only we're less than a month away from the draft. Yeah, the, I mean we'll know things soon. I mean I would guess. I mean within the next three weeks, I would predict that they'll have some of that figured out. The Thunder will have a coach in place. And that we'll be just prepping for the draft. Prepping, we're not obviously we can't have our big draft party that we usually have, which is really kind of depressing. But uh, I think we'll do something. We'll probably have some kind of live show within maybe whenever we get within like three picks of the live from Luke's bed. (laughs) We may let L Man sleep in on that one. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be good. It'll be good. But uh, yeah, Gallinari. I mean, sign if if Gallo and he says he wants to win a championship, that is music to the ears of Thunder fans, or at least it should be, because that means that he has to do a sign and trade. That he has to. The Thunder will get something back, and if you could, I mean, here's the deal. This is how, why you could probably get that deal that I just, um, that we just had up here. Is because the Nets would like to get rid of Torian Prince <laughs> and his contract, and to get, I mean, you're not going to get what? What better could you get than Gallinari for Torian Prince and the 19th pick? I don't know if you can get yeah, much better absolutely. than that. And if you're the, thunder, I, I, I think they should do it. Yeah. What do they care about drafting some like late first round rookie? They, do you think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving care anything about that? <laughs> No. There's no way that they care anything about that. There's just no chance. I mean, when we think about teams, maybe we should rank the teams that are all in. 
Because there are certain teams that are just more all in than others, kind of like the Rockets have been all in for the last like four years. Hey, they're just not like afraid, trading man. away picks, unafraid. And and it makes sense because like the Lakers, like they did the same thing. They traded away their entire future, yeah, and they got a ring out of it. So it's it's not that uncommon. But there's a lot of teams who are in position to do that including like the Warriors, although the Warriors have a lot of like interesting draft assets. We'll see if they flip them into something. I think the Nets are right there. I think the Clippers, although one of the reasons that they apparently didn't like Doc Rivers because he wasn't playing the young guys young enough. So maybe they they really like young guys. So maybe they're going to be keeping their whatever they have left. And then they talking about Terrence Mann. Who are they talking about? I don't know. But yeah, it actually probably is Terrence Mann and the Bucks. I would say the Bucks are the other team that are like all in. Yeah, the rest of these teams are more flexible. Like the Heat are still going to be flexible after like another year. Mm-hmm. The Raptors are flexible. Celtics can be flexible. Yeah, he's got so any one of any one of those coffee right? They do what? They're clamoring for Amir coffee minutes, right? Yes, yeah. Nicholas Claxton. If you want to do Kevin Gelling, for sure. For sure. That was probably I, the real I guy. I actually do like him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think. But yeah, I, th- I think that there's definitely teams that would trade, sign and trade for Gallo. And the Nets make some sense. All we need is two. <laughs> All we need is two. If, I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge believer in the Nets. I'm not a huge believer in the the K- the Kyrie KD pairing, they're very very good on paper. This team is awesome on paper. I just don't like. I just don't know about the chemistry stuff, which we have seen matters a tremendous amount. And I, I think it's important that you know all the reporting thus far is that they're trying to get their third star right. Yeah. And everyone says that like it's not going to be Brad Beal, not because they don't want him, but because Washington is has no interest in trading Brad Beal. So the great thing about that trade for them is they don't necessarily get the third star. Maybe they get their two and a half star with Gallo, Mm -hmm. but they don't use up any of the assets, any of their big time assets that they are apparently wanting to trade for a third star. I mean, you still have Spencer Dinwiddie, still have Karis LeVert, still have Jared Allen. You could still make a really nice young guy for star trade if it comes up. Yeah. But Gallo, Gallo is like this really nice fallback option where if you get Gallo and then get the next star, like now you have like a pretty awesome starting five. Yeah. Whoever that person would be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think they're going to get someone better than Karis LeVert, Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie. I think that's really good depth actually, but whatever. Yeah. Kyrie and KD are more about names. Like they, they want Deandre probably playing those minutes instead of Jared Allen. So it's their buddy. Is Gallo a name? Is there any link between Gallo and Katie or Kyrie? Um, <laughs> Was he in either Thunderstruck or Kyrie's movie? <laughs> I don't think so. What was Kyrie's movie? Uh, Uncle Drew? Yes, Uncle Drew. I didn't see it. Did you see it? No, I didn't. <laughs> Never will see it. Uh, did, you, did you see that Watcher Hernan Gomez is in a, in a movie with... With Adam Sandler, that's going to be on Netflix. He's is it in the new one, Hubie Halloween? No, no, no. It's, they're I think they're filming it now. Oh, wow! They got the stars coming out. <laughs> I'm very excited about it, actually. Very excited. I bet uh, Dunk Don's excited too. Oh man, Dunk Don is going. Yeah, they'll they could they'll probably do exclusive commentary on it. I would assume. They'll change their whole pod to a movie preview pod. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Darius Baisley was on the jump yesterday. He showed up. He was there. He, he, t- <laughs> it's just, it was just like softball question after softball question, boring answer after boring answer. I mean, that's, I, I, it was, there's nothing interesting about it. It's funny because on, on the YouTube channel for the jump, it says on there that Darius Baisley tells Paul Pierce that the Thunder are going to compete with the Lakers next year. That's the headline. Really? Never says it. 
doesn't say it in the clip, doesn't say it on TV, but it's that's how they get you to click on it because they know. Otherwise, like, what's the headline? Darius Baisley will will try to get better for next year. You know, I mean. Well, so before I even started the video, I went down to the comments and like all the top comments were like, wow, he sounds so mature. I was like, oh, this is going to be a great interview. Turns out mature was just like, nice way of saying boring. (laughs) Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening in that interview. It was actually kind of an awkward interview, but I'm sure it's terrifying because that was his first time on the jump. Yeah. He's got a movie coming out. Yeah. A little documentary. Yeah. Document. Yeah. Documenting his uh, jump from high school to the NBA by way of clutch sports and yeah, new balance. They, uh, they ask him questions like, do you think that better prepared you for the NBA? Like what's he supposed to say? To be like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> Wish I would have gone to Syracuse. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's what I don't. Like, of course he's going to be like, oh yes, most definitely. All right, man. It is cool that, he, I mean, how many times when you think about Thunder players who have been on the jump or have done interviews on TV, it's not a super long list. It's not. That's it's true. Not. That's true. And Darius Baisley's on there. I don't remember Kyle Singler being on the jump. Uh, now that probably would have been kind of interesting. For his float documentary. His float documentary. <laughs> That's right. I was reminded yesterday that uh, Kyle Singler's girlfriend's name is Morgan Freeman. Really? Yeah. Wow, that no, I'm, I'm guessing that's why they haven't gotten married yet because he doesn't want to r- potentially ruin her name. He cannot ruin that. That's true. So what a great name! I I would probably change my name. I would become Alex Freeman in that case. <laughs> Alex and so Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Alex Morgan Freeman. <laughs> oh shoot! Uh, but yeah, I have nothing else to say about that. Anything else from? All right. No. Do you want me to introduce uh, the thing we're going to be doing next week? Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, before we do that, let's go to a break. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now we're back from the break. We're back from the break, and we have a very special uh, opportunity, a contest, a raffle. It's not a raffle. For our Down to Dunk listeners, it's going to be a segment that we do on next week's show, but I'm telling you now so you can start preparing, because I'm sure a lot of you have been listening to NBA pods. Maybe you listen to the Monday pod with Michele and Fred Katz. Great pod, throwing out some trades. Maybe you listen to the Low Post with Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe where they were throwing out a lot of trades. And I thought <laughs> it's funny because obviously Zach Lowe is like the best of the best. Yeah. And yet when it, when it came to trades, I was like, Zach, these are some terrible trades. <laughs> I don't remember. Michele was what? texting me about them this morning and was like, he's like, did you listen to that pod? And I was like, yeah, I thought it was kind of fun. He's like, really? He said, I thought they were terrible. I thought all the trades were terrible. The trade that like stopped me in my tracks was like, what? Was they were doing Golden State trades. Yeah. And he sent the number two for Rashawn Holmes. Oh, yeah. Bielitsa, and the number 12. Yeah. I was just like, Why? Yeah. Who would do that? Yeah, that was actually really bad. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, that's, back... <laughs> that's a very dunked on trade, right? Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's just super. Yeah, like because if Golden State's going to trade that number two, like they're doing it to get some name or something that's really going to dramatically change their fortunes next season. Yeah, and I think both of those players are good. I like Bealitz a lot. 
And Rashawn Holmes had a really nice run last year when he was healthy. But at the same time, it's like, come on. I'd just rather keep the two at that point. Yeah, no kidding. So, that said, you've seen all these trades, and you're probably thinking, I can do better than this. I'm better than this. I have amazing trades that are just ready to go. They're in my Twitter drafts. I'm ready to send them. So we are going to do the Down to Dunk Trade Awards. So how this will work, there are five categories. I will post these on Twitter later in this week, later this week, and then I'll you know retweet them as we get closer to next week's show. So if you have any last-minute trade ideas, you can send them in. The winner of each category will receive something from my house shipped to their house. <laughs> and I promise you it will not be trash. I'm not going to send you trash. Yeah. It won't even something that we can just trash. Say something, I don't know if I would say a value, but something like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, it'll just be nice. You'll get a little package in the mail. You'll open it up. It's from Deborah Buckets. And you'll be like, huh, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but it's kind of nice. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you the five categories and you could submit a trade to each of these categories. You could submit just to one if you have just one good trade for one of these categories. First category, best Thunder trade. Very simple. Had to do it. Everyone has a Thunder trade they like. And by the way, I should say we're going to be judging these based on their originality. Obviously, you're going to get bonus points if it's a trade we've never seen before, never even thought of before. Second, is it realistic? And that's going to be important. Because a lot of you guys are going to send in just terrible trades that are completely unrealistic. <laughs> and I'm going to throw those out, not even look at them. So it has to be at least semi-realistic, or you have to make the case that it's realistic in the comments. And then, of course, is it a good trade? Do we like it? Does it make sense? So first category, best Thunder trade. Very simple. You can do whatever you want. There's just one trade, though. Best Thunder trade. Second category, best trade involving the first or second pick in the 2020 draft. So you're going to be making a deal with either the Timberwolves or the Warriors with those picks, one or the other. You can throw in additional stuff, obviously. What's the best deal you can get back for the first or second pick? Third category, best make the Thunder a contender trade. Now, this one is tricky. This one is assuming that the Thunder bring back everyone, even Danilo Gallinari, the guy who just tweeted out, where to next or whatever. So we're assuming they bring back everyone. They bring back Chris. They bring back Gallo. They bring back Schroeder. They bring back Adams. What is one trade you can make to make the Thunder a contender? So that's the make the Thunder a contender trade. Fourth category, best make a lottery team a contender trade. Now, this one is very similar to the Thunder, except you're doing it with a lottery team. It cannot be the Warriors. Okay, non-Warriors edition, because the Warriors, we already assume they're probably going to be a contender, so you probably wouldn't have to do a lot. You could do that stupid trade for Rashawn Holmes and Bielitsa <laughs> and send that in if you wanted to. But this is non-Warriors edition, so you're choosing one of those other lottery teams. Can you make one trade to realistically make that team a contender? And then the last one, the one I'm really dreading, is best three-team trade. Yeah, this, this is for you true freaks out there that just really want to get goofy with it. Best three-team trade. Do not send me a four-team trade. Do not send me anything higher than a three-team trade because I will not be able to process it. I can uh, My brain limit can process up to a three-team trade. That's it. Bet Edwin asks, do these Thunder trade or do these trades have to involve the Thunder? No. So the only ones that have to involve the Thunder are best Thunder trade and best make the Thunder a contender trade. Ideally, I would prefer that the other categories do not include the Thunder because we're going to be doing enough Thunder trades that I would rather those other ones involve other teams. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do, send this out on Twitter in the next couple days. I'll have a thread. You can attach your trade to that thread. Let me know which category you are submitting for. And then what I'm going to do is put all these in a spreadsheet or whatever me and Andrew are going to go through them separately, blindly. For each category, we're going to pick our favorite one, and then we're going to come to next week's pod. Some people keep saying that <laughs> our baby case is going to be giving us beans. I promise I will not be sending beans. That's too heavy. That is too, too heavy. heavy. You can't send beans in media mail. And <laughs> a lot of people are asking, are you really, y'all excited for Alex to send something halfway across the world to the Philippines? 
This contest, I might regret this, is open to our international listeners. So if you are in the Philippines or if right. you are in New Zealand, this contest is open to you. It's a worldwide now, that, contest. That might mean you get a smaller thing depending on how much weight plays into the cost to send something that far around the world. But we will send you something if you win. And we will try not to let that info. I'm not going to look at anyone's like location before I choose a trade, <laughs> which, could, which actually could screw me if we get like five New Zealand people. <laughs> that would be terrible. But me and Andrew are going to come to next week's uh, pod with our best trade for each of those categories. And then maybe we choose the same one. And then it's pretty easy. We'll talk about why we liked it as a trade. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think it's more likely that we're probably going to choose different ones. And so you'll be there. You know, you'll be watching and you'll be like, oh, one of them chose my trade. Who's going to win? Me and Andrew are going to have to discuss it, talk it out, come to a consensus about which one we would give the award to. So that's just letting you know what's happening. Down to Dunk Trade Awards next Wednesday. And I will send out more instructions on Twitter. It's great. It's going to be great. Or, or this this could be maybe the last. This may maybe what kills the pod. Yep, this is going to be the last show. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go broke sending stuff to New Zealand. <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, send in your trades. Uh, Seth Partnow released a. Just a, a massive, massive project this week on theathletic.com. Be sure to go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get the athletic for $1 a month. There we go. Uh, so it's these player tiers. If you try to tell Seth these are rankings and you get mad at him about a ranking, he'll get mad at you for calling it a ranking. So make sure that you only refer to this as a tier. But there's a... There's Thunder people in these tiers, especially Tier 5. We've got Steven Adams. How do you feel about Steven Adams being in the same tier as like Serge Ibaka, Seth Curry, known loser TJ Warren, Paul Millsap? Do you feel like, do you feel like that's right? Uh, <laughs> this will probably be his last year <laughs> making it in uh, Tier 5. Wow, so you think he's falling out? Or you think uh, he's next- bumping up to Tier 4? Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, he's going to leave these guys in the dust. He's going up to tier four. No, I mean, I, I after all that's happened with Steven Adams, I, I'm surprised he, he made it. Although you do see guys like Daniel Tice, you know, mm-hmm. so like, sure. Steven Adams makes sense around those type of guys. Jay Crowder, Capella. like, okay. I do like... The idea of doing tiers, though, because your first instinct when looking at all these names is I was looking for numbers mm-hmm. just so that I could. It's just easier for my brain to understand like, oh, you have Brandon Ingram at, you know, whatever it is, 55 and you have Brooke Lopez at 56. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But really, when you do tier based uh, grading like this, you're basically just saying everyone in this tier you could argue for one way or the other, which I think is a much more realistic way of thinking about it, mm-hmm. especially when you're thinking about team building because, you know, certain guys on tier 4A, let's take like the Lakers, for example. There are probably guys on tier 4A that make more sense for the Lakers than other guys. Like Vucevic maybe doesn't make a ton of sense for the Lakers right now, but one of these other guys uh, might make a lot more sense. Like a Robert Covington. Um, so I, I do like doing tiers. I think it is a smart way to do things, but it's definitely an entirely different way, like compared to ESPN rank of thinking about these guys. And I think it's a smarter way of thinking about them. For sure. Because I mean, the difference between, like you said, like 40 and 50, like feels like a giant gap. But what Seth is saying here is like, it's really not, there's not really a gap. And if you were to assign a number to these guys, like who? Ca- like he doesn't care about that. He cares about these are these are all these players are similar. Like Nurkic and Marcus Smart, their value is relatively the same to a franchise. Right. Um, so the the Thunder players. So he's got. We mentioned Stephen Adams in Tier Five. Uh, we also have Dennis Schroeder in Tier Five, uh, alongside guys like Derek White. I feel like this this is the one that I feel like he could be a Tier Four guy. With like 
Patrick Beverly yep. and Ricky Rubio and Spencer Dinwiddie. I feel like he's more that than he is um, Aaron Baines, Andrew Wiggins, George Hill. Am I am I off my homer? No, I yeah, I get that. The, the tier five is a weird group because there are guys in there that I look at and I'm like, oh, I still really like it, like Aaron Gordon, um, or honestly, even Al Horford or. Blake Griffin. People have been getting excited about Blake Griffin. Apparently, his knee is 100 percent healthy. What's going on with that? There's I don't know, but it's getting me excited. So much Blake talk lately. There has been. Um, So, so yeah, I I kind of agree with you. And we should say that these are split into five tiers. He capped it at 125 players. Yeah. Um, So, for instance, uh, Kelly Oubre, who was brought up on the the low post. Did you hear that trade? I guess maybe I, I zoned out on that one. What was it? So they were c- trying to come up with CP3 trades. And I do think the Suns make some sense as a CP3 destination. Yeah. Because he can definitely play off ball with Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Definitely gives them awesome like leadership that they don't really have, like veteran leadership. And he's closer to his family. That's kind of a nice little bonus. Yeah. Phoenix to LA. So I actually don't mind that idea. And I think it really would catapult them into the playoffs. But what they gave us back, I mean, the, the highlight was Kelly Oubre. Yeah. And I was just like, meh, meh. Yeah, no thanks. Meh. I'm not. I wouldn't, not for me. Yeah, I wouldn't. M- Mikael Bridges? Okay. A little bit more into De- that. Definitely. Yes. Definitely yes. Yeah. A shout out to but, Rubio. It's his birthday. He turns 30, oh, that's, 30 today. That's what it was. It was Rubio and Oubre. Plus a first, but not their first this year. That's bad. Uh, yeah, it's just like whatever. <laughs> but I like the idea of sending Chris Paul to the Suns. I think that'd be a fun team. Yeah. I don't think they'd send Mikel Bridges back, but I think they would send their pick. Why not? What are you sure. what are they gonna do with it? They want another young guy? Come on, it's only number ten. We're not gonna get anyone good at number ten. Keep Ubre. Uber could probably help you more than number ten, right? Uh, Killian yeah. Hayes is Killian Hayes eighteen year old going to help you? I th- sorry, I thought you were talking about our perspective. We we're talking Suns' perspective. No, Killian Hayes is not going to help you, Suns. I would Kelly like Uber will. Yeah, Kelly Uber will. I would. Of be course, they have to. They have to make the money work. So you have to give us somebody. Rubio. That's all it would take. Well, no, no, no. I mean. Well, let's let's go. Uh, take machine. this man to the trade machine. Let's go, let's go back to the trade machine. Uh, I've heard variations of this trade, and so let's see. I'm just not a I'm just not an Ubre guy, man. Yeah, he just has that. He has the money. He's, He's got the it's, money. It's an expiring deal. And maybe you could flip him. Maybe someone's into Kelly Ubre. Remember, we were supposed to draft him because he knew KD. Mm-hmm. Maybe they pick up the team option for Kavinsky. And cool. Frank the Tank. I don't know if he can get there, honestly. Maybe that's the only way to get there is with Ubre. Yeah. Yeah, I think it some, is. Would you sign and trade for Sharic? Mm, He's 26. I mean, no. Yeah. All right, never I, don't know what, I don't know what he's going to get. I guess if it was like a three-year deal, who cares? But I don't see the point. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm back out. I'd rather take Ubre and and if he if he expires and he leaves, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's let's see what other thunder thundery guys. So Shea is a tier four A player, along alongside like Brandon Ingram, all star. Yeah, Joe Ingles. <laughs> All star, Derek Rose. Yeah, that was weird. That's that feels weird. Danny Green. Are we overvaluing Danny Green? Are we undervalued? Is is Danny Green the most overvalued and undervalued player in the NBA? Okay. Well, when I was in the group chat sending some Lakers trade ideas, like could they actually get Chris Paul? And they can, mm-hmm. and it would involve Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma. And the basic idea from the Thunder's perspective is you could flip those guys. But then when I brought it up 
McKelly was like, good luck getting a first for Danny Green. You're not going to get one. Maybe you'll get a second. And that, that popped my little balloon. You know, I was, I was riding high. I love the idea of all I care about is Chris being able to spend time with his family in LA. <laughs> I love the idea of him being able to go back to LA, be, be on a legit contender, best chance to get a ring. Good for him. Mm. He deserves it. But the only way that works for the Thunder is if you know you can flip those guys into likely first-round picks. I think, and that's what I said. Thunderburner, too, said you can get a late first for DG. That's what I thought. I but McKelly disagreed. I think you definitely could. You get to the trade deadline, and you got all these teams jockeying for a position. And one team just needs a, a 3 and D wing. What do we need? We need a 3 and D wing. That's what every single team says when they step up to the trade machine themselves. They say, what do we need? We need a 3 and D wing. Well, here we go. The Thunder dangled uh, Danny Green. Look at what uh, the Clippers gave up from Marcus Morris at the trade deadline last year. I know. Well, Covington got two. They got two firsts for Covington, right? Yeah. And Danny Green's not that good, that, as good as Covington. He's but half as good? No, hey, not everyone's going to be able to sign Joe Harris, okay? Someone's losing out on the Joe Harris sweepstakes. <laughs> and that team's going to be scrambling afterwards. <laughs> I feel like there's, there's, there will be a market for Danny Green. I think so, too. I mean, that's not my favorite Chris Paul trade No, for the Thunder, but it's my favorite Chris Paul trade. For, for Chris Paul. Yeah, just for Chris and his life. Yeah. I think, I mean, if Chris stays healthy, that team for sure wins the title, right? I would think so. I mean, because they're, they're still going to be able to get some guys on a minimum. I feel like especially this, this year, I bet there are going to be a lot of guys who are willing to take a one-year minimum deal in the hopes that the money kind of frees up next summer. Maybe that's what Gallinari meant by his gray jersey. What? He's taking a one-year minimum with the, with the Lakers going to win a title. He and Why not? Be pretty sick. sick. He, he should go and Chris Paul. Yeah, they're both on the Lakers now. Yeah, Gallo's back to LA. Chris Paul's in LA. All their families are around them. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, category number six: family trades. <laughs> How do Try you, to get this guy back to his hometown so he can hang out with his old buddies. You get these guys to the back to their families. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Russell Westbrook, tier three C. He's in there with a mix of really young guys and Clay Thompson, who's coming off a debilitating injury. <laughs> um, how do we feel about this? If you if you have, let's say that you're. Twitter handle is just about loving Russell Westbrook, as you touched in in the Deborah Buckets trivia, uh, basketball hour last week. How offended are you by this? Mm, see, I don't think you're offended. I think you spin it positively. It's like, wow, he's with Zion and Trey and Ja? Yeah, he is that young and athletic. Great <laughs> spot for him to be. It's kind of like this. So here's Russell, or here's here's Zion, and here's Russell. They're just passing each other, right? This is just yeah. passing each other. Ships in the night. Yeah. I honestly thought when I first saw T. Young, I was like, Thaddeus Young is tier 3C? Wow. Thad Young? Kristen, I mean, Kristen Thompson? No way. It really is young guys and injury guys because you have Chris Stapps, Clay, and Russ, and then you have Zion, Trey, Jalen Brown, John Morant. Yeah. And Clay Thompson, like, I still value him super highly, but I can't get out of my head that John Hollinger put him <laughs> as like, one of the top three worst contracts in the league. I know. Which is still kind of blowing my mind. I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe John Hollinger is right. But, I mean, that was definitely, that was a spicy take. That is a very spicy take. It's very spicy. Um, so the top of tier three, you got Bam, Ben Simmons, Jamal Murray, Drew Holiday. Drew, I mean, Drew Holiday is very, very valued there. He's... It's kind of high. He keeps being super valued, and we really just need a Drew Holiday trade to happen so that we can see what he's actually worth. Let's see what you're worth, man. Let's see what you can really do. Because he's been hiding out on these like middling teams where people are, man, most underrated player in the league, probably Drew Holiday. Okay. He stole that from Mike Conley. Just stole it out from under him. He did. Show us what you got, Drew Holiday. 
give us give us a little playoff run here. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, which is kind of like the forgotten superstar a little bit. He's just wasting away in Minnesota. Kemba, Kyle Lowry, who are kind of similar value to me, and Chris Middleton. I can't, I don't, see, what I don't like there is like Bradley Beal lower than Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry, and Chris Middleton. Like I'd rather have Bradley Beal than all three of those guys. Am I crazy? Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking, I was comparing like even Devin Booker, who's also in 3B. Yeah. Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, and Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's the only one of that foursome that made it into tier 3A. Yeah. And I think of those guys kind of similar. I know that Jamal Murray just had an incredible playoff run. Well, like Donovan Mitchell was pretty good too. Devin Booker, we all think is great. Yeah. Bradley Beal, there's your true maybe underrated player in the, in the league. Yeah. I don't get that. I'm not. Yeah, there's definitely some guys I would take over. Even like someone like Kemba. I don't know. Kemba just scares me way more than like Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. I mean, if the if the Wizards called the Celtics and said, "Hey, Bradley Beal for Kemba Walker. How fast do the Celtics say yes? Right. Yeah. I, I would I would be interested to see this would actually be a fun way to do Bill Simmons's trade rankings. Yeah. So to do them in tiers instead of doing it by number. Mm-hmm. Cause it would be a totally different list, obviously. Yeah. Like guys like Zion would jump to the top. Right. Um because because yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I agree with this, especially this group. And then we, we're in about like the seventeen to twenty-five range of players right now. Mm-hmm. So he's still got to go to tier two and tier one, which will be the top sixteen. Yeah, yeah, top six. So tune in for tiers one and two Thursday and Friday on theathletic.com. Go to down to dunk or go to theathletic.com/slash down to dunk to get it for one dollar a month. Uh, if you guys have questions, throw them up in the chat. We'll be glad to answer whatever you guys got. Uh, Jay Smooth asked if we would give JJ Redick a full max. Hey, only if he can be with his family. <laughs> says, can, can I trade Adams to help make the Thunder a contender? Wow, Jack. Now that's one of those uh, kind of galaxy brain takes that you're going to have to explain in the comments <laughs> if you do the uh, make the Thunder a contender and it's just like a very simple trading. <laughs> like Steven, if you do a salary dump for Steven Adams and then submit it as make Thunder a contender trade, you're going to have to explain that in the comments, but I will allow it. Uh, Hoopsock69 says the only way to stop the Lakers from winning another chip is to make sure Chris Paul is there. Known loser, wow. Chris Paul. Wow. After now, what see, he did for you. I felt the opposite. I was like, if you trade Chris Paul to the Lakers, you're hurting the Clippers. You make it harder for the Clippers to win a title in their second season, which they kind of have to do. I mean, maybe they don't. Maybe those guys are going to resign regardless. But if they lost again, and let's say it was in the conference finals. Yeah. Because they lost to this this crazy team in the Lakers where you have all these guys and their families are together. That would be something. That would be something. Uh, Embiid and Russ together is a little scary slash intriguing. I would say scary. Not really intriguing. <laughs> You're not intrigued? Nope. That, that sounds like a recipe for not success. Uh, Failure. So we we didn't really get to talk about Daryl Morey yet, Alex. Are you still? Uh, uh, are you still, true. Are you still riding high? Are you still on cloud nine from the Daryl Morey news? I am. I am. Although you know the things that are bringing me back down are listening to some of the podcasts, like doing a um, looking back at his career, and I feel like they're focusing on the wrong things. Um, <laughs> like I'll. I'll I'll say something positive about Daryl Morey because I was actually having this uh, discussion with a down to dunk listener in my DMs after I had tweeted out what I tweeted out. He suggested that should Daryl Morey really be the one getting credit for kind of the three point revolution? Isn't that more about Stephen Clay? And I would actually argue no. I think that Stephen Clay showed what was possible on an individual level in the three point era. But Daryl Morey showed what was possible on the team level. And I went back and looked at three-point attempts per game since they traded for Harden. They've been number one in the league 
every single year except one year, which was 2015-16, when Golden State took like one more three than them mm. per game. Mm-hmm. Every other year they've been number one. If you go through that span, how many teams have averaged more than 43s per game? There's only been two teams who have done it. Do you know who the other team is, Andrew? Mm-mm. Last year's Dallas Mavericks team. Hmm. They did it once. The Houston Rockets have done it four times yeah. during this span. Like, Daryl Morey showed that, one, threes are very important, which everyone, everyone else in the league agreed with. But he also showed that you don't necessarily need elite shooters. Like, who was the elite shooter that Houston had at any point during this run? I mean, they never really even had, like, a Kyle Korver or, like, a Duncan Robinson. I mean, you... Maybe like Ben McLemore was their closest to that type of a player last year. Like a just a pure knockdown shooter. They didn't really have those guys, and yet they were still super successful. So I think if you're going to give Maury credit for something, that's where he deserves the credit. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, do you give him credit for his bravery, Alex? Are you even going to yeah. mention how brave he was? Because he... All the listen, Alex. All the other GMs in the league, all of them were scared of Golden State. They all right. just ducked, covered, and got out of the way. All of them, except for Daryl, who rose up and did yeah. what no one else would do. Aren't they went into hibernation. They said, We're taking a few years off. Yeah. We're just going to let KD coast to this, take the hardest road, let, let him take that road. Yeah. No, so that's the flip side, and that's like one of the takes coming out of this that I really don't agree with. Because one, they say that they were the only team to do it, which I would just disagree with. Yeah. What was the Raptors trading for Kawhi? Like that was such a huge, risky trade, mm-hmm. and everyone said like, "Well, it's not really risky; they can blow it up." It's it was still a risky trade because you didn't know what was going to happen. The Thunder trading for PG and uh, throwing in Mello just more as a name. We know what happened. But at the time, like that was a legit all-in trade. Yeah. And I posted on Twitter, if you go look at basketball reference, the preseason odds for a championship that year, OKC was tied with Houston. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, they were behind the Spurs. <laughs> that was funny because that was before Kawhi had left and everyone oh, thought, yeah. oh, Kawhi's going to come back because they had given them a good run in game one of the playoffs the previous year. <laughs> but even a team like the Celtics, so they signed Gordon Hayward before the KD news, or I think it was on the same day. Yeah. But then, like, that next year, they make that big trade for Kyrie Irving. Like, what were those moves? Like, Boston wasn't doing that just to, like, have some fun. Right. Like, these teams were trying to contend. And so then it becomes, okay, well, then Houston was the most successful at it. It's like, were they? They were successful one season, and success was defined as being up 3-2 on that full team, and then they lost in seven, which, granted, like that's a huge accomplishment. That is the closest a team got to beating the fully healthy KD Warriors. But it was one season, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And so, like it's, like, it's like a backhanded compliment. It's like, yeah, they got closest, but they didn't. And, oh, by the way, another team during that era, the Toronto Raptors, actually did win. And yes, it was because KD got hurt, but they still were able to do it. And frankly, that matters more to me. And the other thing is, let's not forget what happened the very next year. Game five, KD gets hurt in the second round. Mm -hmm. They had this amazing opportunity laid before them on a platter. A a team that we were already starting to hear rumblings. Ooh, maybe there's chemistry issues. It hadn't fully blown up. But like the Warriors weren't the full Warriors that year. They lose KD. They go on to win game five. But now you're thinking, okay, that was they were just running on adrenaline. Now they're going back to Houston, game six. This is the time. Like, what better opportunity? Chris Paul was healthy. Yep. Everyone was healthy. No hamstring issues. And they blew it they blew in it. embarrassing they're... fashion. Yeah. Embarrassing fashion. They got absolutely rocked by the KD-less Warriors. And then they, and then they lose. And then it's over. And even going back to that previous um, series, when they did take them to seven, or the Warriors took them to seven, you know, we forget about Iggy's injury, which was very important. He was the, uh, I, th- I don't know if that would have been the year when he was the reigning finals MVP, but <laughs> Iguodala was still very important to what they were doing. So yeah. it wasn't 
technically a full-strength Warriors, though obviously at that point it didn't really matter because you still had the four All-NBA players. Mm-hmm. I just think that we've, we, we're trying to give Daryl Morey too much credit in some aspects and then not enough credit in other aspects. Um, and, and it all goes back to his relationship with the media. I mean, that has been the most brilliant part of his entire career that he has built up such strong relationships with so many media members and is such a front facing voice for that franchise that I think he just gets a little bit more leeway than anyone else. In addition to just being like, he is obviously a great GM, but we talk about him way more than we talk about other GMs. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy, Peter Bergman says that uh, he asked if Presley should hire Maury as the VP of bravery. There needs to be one more word in there. It can't be just VP of bravery. It has to be two things, VP of bravery and something else. Uh, VP of bravery and mathematics. Ooh, that, ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Oh, but yeah, and, this is, and we were talking about this in the group chat. This is one of the reasons why I think it's so important for them to get Jeff Van Gundy, which I don't think they're going to do. I don't think sentence. they're going to spend that what money. Sentence. But oh my gosh, okay, keep going, keep going. If you look at the Houston Rockets over this Maury generation, Maury has been the face of that franchise. Daryl Maury has been the face of that franchise. He's the one that's out there on the front lines, mm-hmm. you know, talking about how James Harden deserves the MVP or complaining for the team. Um, same with, and I would put D'Antoni second in that. Yeah. And then I would put their star, James Harden, because frankly, James Harden, and it goes for Westbrook too, they just don't say a lot to the media. They are not the leader that like a LeBron is, where LeBron is basically the entire Lakers PR. I mean, he can change everything with what he says in a post-game interview. It's always like the number one story coming out of a Lakers game, whatever LeBron said in a post-game interview. He is the face of that franchise. Whereas for the Rockets, I would argue it's been Daryl Morey. He's the one that's been out there on podcasts saying something about what the Rockets are doing and what they believe in. So if you bring in a first-time coach, let's say they bring in John Lucas – or Steven Silas was the other name that apparently made the final three. And you're asking the, and by the way, have a first time GM as well. Yeah. Who becomes the voice of your franchise? Who becomes the face of your franchise? I'm afraid for Rockets fans that it's Tillman, that Tillman becomes that person. It's Tillman. Whereas at least with Jeff Van Gundy, it's somebody that everybody knows. Everyone's been listening to him for over a decade now as an announcer that's someone that you can put that burden on that will take it on that will be that face of the franchise that will talk to the media in that way and that's why i think it's just so important to have someone like that because i think if they don't houston is going to become very rudderless because i just don't think that harden and westbrook are that type of leader like the big time pr leader out in the media like westbrook says nothing in any interview ever but he also he's was he guy. was the face of the of the thunder though. So could he could he become that though? Where I just it's just it's really not even like what he says. It's just his attitude <laughs> becomes the Rockets because you're right. There's there yeah. room for that now because James Harden's not going to be that. We all know that. Yeah. Tillman, how many times has he talked? I mean, he talks to the media a lot, but he's not going to be in front after every game or be in the ear of the media every game. It's going to be somebody. It's probably not going to be their new GM. And I, I think you're right to an extent there. If it is Jeff Van Gundy, it will be Jeff Van Gundy. But my guess is that they're not going to hire Jeff Van Gundy, that he'll demand too much money, that they won't pay it, that it's going to be some somebody that, that will not be what you're wanting them to be. And it, it could very well end up being that Russell Westbrook is the face of the Rockets franchise. But see, I, I think because there's such an obvious difference between the relative levels of James Harden and Russell Westbrook, like in the public consciousness, I just think it's hard for him to have that role on that team. What about Russ and PG, though? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I think one of the big flaws with that team is that Russ was like this silent leader and that you never really heard 
anyone having <laughs> like if if that's what happens, I don't think that's good. Yeah, because I agree that in that the entire attitude of that season was like, we know we're good. We're not worried about anything. Mm-hmm. Just wait until we play the good teams. Look at our record against good teams. Everything's going to work out in the end. <laughs> so if that's what happens, like I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miguel Zabella wants to know who gets a new coach first, Houston or OKC? Well, I was going to ask you, are you peeved that the Pacers kind of were first out there stealing the no-name guy? Oh, like they're man. the first to get a no-name assistant coach. I know. They got their guy, Nate Bjorklund. Bjorklund. Nate Bjorklund. Yeah. I, uh, it's going to be somebody like that for OKC, too, for sure. I just uh, I think the Thunder will probably hire a coach first because I think the Thunder would like to have a, a coach in place before the draft. It doesn't matter quite as much for Houston. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. By the way, you know, we're kind of already getting exciting about like or excited about the downfall of the Rockets. But, you know, I do have some bad news, Andrew. Yesterday, Tillman Fertitta, he gave an interview and he said, we're going to do whatever we have to do to win. I can promise that to our fans and to compete for the NBA championship this year. We're not blowing up anything. We plan on contending. This is still our window the next couple of years. So... This is great news. This is great news. Peter wants to know if that means that they absolutely are trading Harden and Westbrook <laughs> because he says that they're not. Oh, boy. I, I would be shocked, but at the same time, like, remember last summer, Daryl Morey came out. I love our starting five. Oh, We're yeah. not trading Chris Paul. No, we love our starting five. It, all, and, it will all hinge on what James Harden wants to do, right? Yeah, it will, because what if a team did come to the Rockets with a get-out-of-jail-free card trade for Russell Westbrook? And maybe it wasn't, because they could trade Russ, but it's more about, like, do you really just want to trade him for nothing or for another bad contract? But what if some team comes and they give you, like, some type of asset, maybe a player who could actually slot in as the top seven on the Rockets next year? Even if you love that trade as the new GM of the Houston Rockets, can you do it? Probably not. No, I don't think so. Not without James Harden's blessing. Because, I mean, if you make James mad and he requests a trade, you probably have to trade him. And then what do you do? I mean, what what do you become? I don't know. I would love to see what James Harden would get in a trade because I'm assuming it would be a ton. Yeah. Um, But I, you know, I... Still don't think you're going to get the perfect storm trade of like the PG to the Clippers trade. Yeah, it takes too many factors to get there. You have to, yeah. have, you have, you have, to have multiple teams bidding. You have to have, which will happen, but then you have to have desperation where the getting James Harden is tied to getting somebody else. Right. But James is the Kawhi of the, of the deal. You know, I just... It's 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 going to be wild, and I think if you're a Thunder fan, you don't want them to trade those guys this year. I think you want them to to go for it in the next two years. And yeah, you want them to further extend themselves. Yeah, increasingly and increasingly extend themselves to the point where they back themselves into the corner. There's there's really nowhere, no way out. Yeah, I think that's a great place to end. I just that's very exciting. So uh, make sure that you follow, <clears throat> excuse me, make sure you follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Have just a wonderful, wonderful day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.
Sweet. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.